What do former U.S. Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld and South Africa's current Public Enterprises Minister Lynn Brown have in common? Right off the bat, it would seem like the answer is nothing at all. But this week in Parliament, I could have sworn they were separated at birth. Just listen to this. It's Donald Rumsfeld answering a question about Gulf War II almost 10 years ago. There are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. Now listen to Lynn Brown talking about ESCOM this week. There is some stuff I know, some stuff I don't know, and some stuff I should know but don't. See what I mean? Different contexts, of course. Brown was testifying before one of the state capture inquiries in Parliament over the past week. There are four planned inquiries carried out by the relevant parliamentary portfolio committees. But the public enterprises one is the one that's actually underway and grabbing headlines left, right and centre. It's all about state capture. But where does Commonal Gardens corruption become state capture? And once we're captured, is there a way out? I'm Charlotte Kilbane. I'm the editor of EWN in Cape Town. And I'm Rahima Esop. I'm the EWN reporter in Parliament. And this is part two of The State We're In. Let's start with this term, state capture, which has become so pervasive in common parlance since about a year ago. In October last year, Rahima was telling me more people were Googling state capture than ever before, which of course makes sense because that's when Tuli Madonsela, the former public protector, released her report into widespread corruption and the influence of the now infamous Gupta brothers, Atul, AJ and Tony. But what does it actually mean? Do we have a definition, Rahima? Transparency International has a useful definition that we could use. It's defined as a situation where powerful individuals, institutions, companies or groups within or outside a country use corruption to shape a nation's policies, its legal environment and economy to benefit their own private interests. So in this case, the company is Oak Bay, presumably one of them, and the individuals are the Guptas. You've been sitting in these hearings since mid-October. What do we know about their influence so far? Based on what witnesses have said, they come across as egotistical and arrogant. Supposedly, they have the power to hire and fire people who serve on the boards of state-owned companies. They are allegedly using their proximity to President Jacob Zuma, also known as Baba, to intimidate people into getting what they want. Now, I mean, you would think in in an ordinary society, not that we're anywhere close to ordinary as a society, you would think that the minister responsible for these state-owned companies should be very worried if that's actually happening. And that minister, in this case, is this woman. You are therefore required to take the oath, minister. Swear that the evidence I shall give shall be the truth, The whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Of course, that's Lynn Brown, the minister in charge of ESCOM and all the other state-owned enterprises. Yes, but based on her testimony, if you're inclined to believe Lynn Brown, she's been rather clueless. As you heard right from the beginning, she told parliamentarians this week that there are things she knows, things she should have known, and things she thought she knew but didn't, sometimes because she says she was misled by officials running the state-owned power utility. Over the past eight or nine months, 
As more allegations have been leaked into the public domain, it has become increasingly apparent that I could no longer rely on information that ESCOM was supplying me. It began with the Brian Mulefi pension matter. Until then, the questions that I asked ESCOM had received plausible answers. But when I intervened to ask the board to come to a more appropriate arrangement, it opened a can of worms. A can of worms indeed. I I have little sympathy, I'm afraid. I mean, she is the political master of this entity. It's her job to know what's going on. Is it really possible that she could not have known? Charlotte, my reading of her testimony is that she has offered up three defenses. The shaggy defense, it wasn't me, made up of denial after denial after denial. Secondly, she's thrown people under the bus, people like Suzanne Daniels, who we spoke about in the previous podcast, as well as ESCOM officials who she accuses of deliberately manipulating her into lying to Parliament about ESCOM's dealings with the Gupta-linked Trillion Company. And thirdly, she suggests that ESCOM is broken by design. Okay, so what does that mean? She she spoke about a peculiar culture of secrecy at ESCOM, which was built into the company's architecture back in 1923. Back then, mining houses, which were white-owned, benefited from their special relationship with ESCOM through long-standing coal contracts, which were negotiated in secret. These special relationships, conducted in a culture of secrecy and riddled with conflict of interest, included things like advanced payments and expedited payments because we're told mine development is expensive and ESCOM needed coal supply. Things we still see today. The culture of secrecy creates a perfect environment for opportunism, cronyism, influence peddling and manipulation. This is the it was on fire when I lay down on it defense. That's charming. I I think perhaps maybe even a little more charming than the shaggy defense, which I will now never be able to get that image out of my head of Lynn Brown singing wasn't me. Did MPs buy it? No way. They weren't buying what she was selling. For example, Natasha Mazzoni, she's this platinum blonde MP whose makeup miraculously stayed flawless even as the inquiry dragged into the wee hours, she spoke with a distinct tone of incredulity in her voice because she finds it hard to believe that the minister does not know about the influence that the Guptas and their associates have at ESCOM. In fact, she claims, and she said this during the inquiry, that she gave the minister a copy of the Gupta-leaked emails. So she says the minister has no excuse to plead ignorance. You read the same newspapers that I read, you watch the same TV that I watch. At some point, you have to put your foot down and say, not on my watch, not anymore. Because if you don't put your foot down and if you don't say not on my watch, one has to assume that you are complicit. We're going to talk a bit more about Natasha Mazzoni and some of the other MPs a little bit later. I mean, she really is a firecracker. But let's just keep with the story for the moment. Does the minister actually know the Guptas? So does Lynn Brown know them? She does. But she says she's never consulted with any of the Guptas or their associates about matters related to her ministerial functions. Okay, but then she's caught up in the middle of all of this and her supposed partner allegedly benefited from deals with ESCOM or her former partner. Was she asked about this at all? You know, Charlotte, it's always awkward 
for me when the personal lives of politicians come into the public's focus. But in this case, it's of public interest. If one person is benefiting thanks to a close relationship with a minister, but according to Lynn Brown, she seems to be saying that the woman in question is not her romantic partner. Let's take a listen and decide exactly what she's saying. I must be very honest with you. After this period of um, my partner here and my partner there, I'm very um, worried if anybody walks next to me that they might be called my partner. So I call no, I walk next to no one any longer, so no one's called my partner. So no one's called my partner. And she insists, Charlotte, that she has never asked any one of the CEOs of state-owned companies to favor any business or anyone in particular. She says that would be unethical to ask that of the CEOs. Okay, so I guess uh, random factoid, we learned that Lynn Brown is single. So that's one relationship down. But what about the, the relationship with Salim Essa and Tony Gupta? Because those are, those are quite pivotal. So this was very strange. She kept messing up Salim Essa's name and referred to him as Salim Essop. And that was weird, I thought. Was she looking at you at the time? Because, you know, you're Essop and, I mean, who knows? She wasn't looking at me. She was looking directly at the person who was asking her the question. When the question was put to her, was Salim Essa at your home? And she responds, I don't know Salim Essop. It's bizarre, to say the least. But the minister denies that she met with Salim Essa or Esop and Tony Gupta at her home. That was alleged by Zola Tsotsi, who is the former ESCOM chairperson. He mentioned that during his testimony earlier in the day. She denies that that meeting took place, suggesting that Tsotsi is lying. So, I mean, Tsotsi had his own moments in the sun, some explosive testimony there, where he said Dudu Mieni instructed him on whom to suspend at ESCOM. I mean, that's kind of a roundabout thing there, isn't it? What was that all about? So I had to lift my jaw from the floor at some point after listening to him say that Dudu Mieni had summoned him to a meeting at President Jacob Zuma's Durban home in March of 2015. At that meeting... She was accompanied by her son, whose name is Talent, as well as a lawyer named Nick Linnell. And they proceeded, well, Dudu proceeded to tell him that he should suspend three executives at ESCOM and that there should be an inquiry into the problems at the state-owned enterprise. Then swans in President Jacob Zuma from another room. And he asks what the conversation is about. Remember, this is in his home. He asks what the conversation is about. And Dudu proceeds to tell him what they had spoken about. And he apparently then asks Sotsi if he knows the executives who are to be suspended. And Sotsi, I think, said that he did know. And that was the end of the meeting. Sotsi leaves, goes and talks to the board and tells the board this is what we need to do. The board has its reservations. They're a bit concerned. But this is pushed through. And at the end of the day, four executives are suspended the top management of ESCOM, and ESCOM is subsequently downgraded by one of the credit rating agencies. It's just staggering, this this whole thing. So if, if we just think about it, that is uh, somebody very high up in one state-owned enterprise 
having a meeting with somebody else who's very high up in another state-owned enterprise. They have this meeting. The one SOE that has nothing to do with the other SOE tells that SOE what to do. And then, hey, presto, Jacob Zuma appears, and it's all kind of written in stone. So I just want to add something about that. It's the chairperson of the inquiry who said that while MPs want to encourage discussion between chair people of the various state-owned enterprises, this is not what they were talking about. They were talking about sharing ideas and expertise and having that kind of conversation to improve the way state-owned enterprises function. Not this. Okay, so, so does the minister, does Lynn Brown know about this meeting at this stage? In Nick Linnell's affidavit, remember Nick Linnell was the lawyer who was with Dudu Mieni at the president's house. He said that at the end of the meeting, the president said that he would contact the minister. And Zola Tsotsi says the minister fully supported the decision to suspend four executives. When the evidence leader in Tutuzelo Vonara tried to figure out whether Tsotsi had explicitly explained to the minister that it was Dudu Muyeni who had introduced the idea of suspending the executives at the private meeting at the president's home, this was his response. When you relay to the minister, wanting to find out, minister, do you know about this idea of an inquiry? Do you know about the idea of the suspension of the executive? If she were to ask you, where are you getting that from? What would have been your answer? I told the minister what happened, namely that I was called to attend an audience with the president and that this matter was raised in his presence. Okay, so am I to understand from that the Minister Lynn Brown did in fact know? Well, she says she only heard about the meeting between Mieni and the President when Tsotsi testified about it in the inquiry that day. Listen to what she told Pravin Gordon and also listen to the tone of Gordon's voice after she responds. You haven't asked the President, Mr. President, what was this meeting about? Why wasn't I there? Because you seem to be upset about the fact that you didn't know. Well, I, I was a bit upset that I did. Well, I do feel a bit upset when people, when I hear that people have been to the president and they're from my boards. But, and I think anybody would feel upset about it. But you didn't raise it with him? No, I didn't. I, why? I mean, if you're upset, if you sorry, clarify. Why didn't you have me there, Mr. President? But the meeting, I mean, I think Mr. Sotsi told you that story today. I haven't seen the president today. Oh, you didn't see the president today. This is the first time you're hearing about the meeting. Sure. Pravin, I would not like to be in his crosshairs when he is like raging bull, which he sounds like in that. I mean, what did he have to say about that afterwards? Charlotte, it was a tense interaction, as you heard, because these two have a history. They are in the same party, the ANC, and they are former cabinet colleagues. But they seem to be on opposite sides of the fence now. So when Lynn Brown denied knowing about the meeting, his response was to make a telling observation about her ability to withstand several hours of intense questioning and still maintain her composure and the straight face. As activists, uh, the public should know we were well trained, particularly by ourselves, by the way, uh, and by the movement that we belong to, to survive interrogation by the security police. You know, that, 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 that's pretty good, just for the record. And then he dropped the proverbial mic. That's shade for days, hey? 
So, so what do we know after all of that? Basically, they know that someone is lying and someone isn't. Someone's selling pork pies. They have all of these affidavits. They have the Gupta leaks. They have hours of testimonies. So they have all of the information that they would need to use to be able to decide who is lying and who isn't. And I, I mean, it's a good place to come in here and say that this, what we've been talking about are some of the prime performances of the week, of course. Um, but Mr. Kleenex himself was also testifying earlier in the week. Uh, Brian Molefe, of course, the man who famously ugly cried live on television, who is now probably a brand ambassador for Kleenex. Uh, oh, and a colonel in the army. Let's not forget that. And he actually seemed quite combative. Yeah, he was. He came across as cocky. He, you know what? He came across as, I'm making up a word here, Zuma-esque, because he reminded me of President Jacob Zuma answering questions in the National Assembly. He said that he did not resign from ESCOM in 2016 after the release of the Public Protector's Report. He says he took early retirement. Let's listen to what transpired then when the evidence leader into Tuzelo Venara said, well, let's look at your media statement that you put out prior to you leaving in which you create the impression that you are resigning in the interests of good governance. Based on these documents, the only inference to draw is that you resigned. Mr. Venara, if you make a statement that you want to get married, it does not mean that you got married. And until you appear in front of a marriage officer and finalize the marriage, it has not happened. So I do not understand why those statements, which are not official documents, constitute a resignation letter. In Brian Malefe's world, what looks like a resignation sounds like a resignation and acts like a resignation is? In fact, not a resignation. Early retirement. It's early retirement. There you go. Wow. I mean, we really do. We, we, we have to amend our dictionaries, don't we? i I got to say, listening to that bite, listening to that sound bite of Brian Mulefe, we started with kind of a nod to uh, U.S. politics. Uh, with Donald Rumsfeld and the known unknowns, which incidentally was the name of the book he wrote after he left office. But this reminds me of Bill Clinton in the Monica Lewinsky scandal, who at one stage was going, it depends on what is, is. Do you remember that? One of the most famous soundbites in this, this marriage analogy is simply bizarre. But I, I want to take a moment quickly just to talk about some of the stars that are coming out in this um in this committee that's being televised, that everybody's watching, because I'm seeing something that is really incredibly hopeful. I'm seeing opposition parties across party lines, people like Natasha Mazzoni, uh, who seems just incredibly composed and driven, people like Floyd Shivambu asking these amazing questions. Even people like Pravin Gordon, who's, who's an ANC person and an SACP person, and seeing them tag team these witnesses kind of for the good of the nation. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing and it shows unity of purpose. They are doing this in front of the cameras and behind the scenes. They're working together. You know, I actually heard Natasha Mazzoni quip to the evidence leader this week that she's seeing him more often than she sees her husband. 
Then there's Floyd Chivambu, who was a real kind of off-the-cuff firebrand going off full tilt here, there and everywhere, and now seems actually really reasoned and logical. Yeah, he's always been Julius Malema's right-hand man. He's brash. He's a former ANC Youth League spokesperson turned EFF deputy president who is a Marxist proponent, red beret wearing, tell it like it is kind of person. And he has joined forces with the rest of them to try and get to the bottom of the rot at state-owned enterprises. And then you have Pravin Gordon, who you mentioned as well, who is a former minister of finance. I must say, I have find him grumpier than before, but that's probably because he is a victim of state capture, if you want to believe the narrative. I was going to say, I think he kind of has reason to. And then there's another one, Mondli Gungubele, who is the former mayor of Ekuruleni in the East Rand. He is outspoken. He was critical of President Jacob Zuma. And during the motion of no confidence, do you remember that, when there was debate around whether there should be a secret ballot or not? Mondli Gungubele came out and said there should be a secret ballot. Mm. Okay, so we're getting some really strong personalities through here. Um, also, it's not going to end anytime soon. I know that you've been up. I've been getting WhatsApp messages from you saying I'm leaving now. It's sort of 10 past one in the morning. They've been running late every, every night this week. Are we expecting more to come? Well, we're expecting to hear from the ESCOM board in the week to come. MPs are also planning to call the key characters in the state capture machinery. No, Chair, I think more specifically, because she was prominently mentioned in today's proceedings, we should invite Ms. Tudumiene to come and give her side of the story because the likelihood is that she's going to deny or distance herself or even subject the process to judicial review. So let's give an opportunity to confirm whether or not uh, the meeting with Talent and the Zola Tsotsi and the, the lawyer did okay in Deben so that we're able to locate this thing into clearer context. So Ms. Dumiani must be part of those that we invite. You've been listening to The State We're In. This is the second uh, installment of it. Uh, stay tuned for more. We'll be bringing them to you as and when we feel it's necessary. Fun. Fun times. I'm Charlotte Kilbane. And I'm Rahima Essa. We'll see you next time. Or is it Essa? <laughs>